All right, and welcome to another show. Got my water in this case. I've had way too much coffee. I just <laughs> want to tell you again why I'm doing this show. Because there's nothing more important to me as someone who has gone in and out of organizations for mm, years, 25 plus, working in companies that sometimes have terrific leaders that you'd want to follow. And then sadly, sometimes I'm with leaders that say, well, go fix my people kind of thing. It's just so important today, particularly, that we work with those people who are totally real, just real people. That's what this show is about, authentic leaders that are doing it right. That's it. That's my passion, and I'm sticking to it. Now, let's talk about today. I wonder how many of you have ever had a coach. Now, I mean outside of sports. Raise your hands as if I could see it. And I wonder how many of you watching today are professional coaches like me. Well, either you are someone that has asked me to ask questions about coaching or you're someone who has said, Valerie, I've thought of having a coach and you need to tell me a little bit more what that's about. Or it's coaches and people that just want to know what's going on in the global organization that runs all of the executive and all kinds of coaches from an organizational standpoint and certifies us. And I'm going to tell you something. It is not an easy process to be certified. So we'll talk about that. So today I have with us Two women who are leaders in ICF Global Organization, International Coaching Federation. And that's the organization I'm a part of. That's the organization that certified me. And so we're going to hear from the organizational leaders to tell us a lot about what's going on just in the coaching world globally. So stay tuned. I want you to meet two women today, Anique Clemens and Mickey Gustafson. Stay tuned. Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Okay, so my objective today is just to explore um, kind of the world of coaching and, and the gold standard organization that certifies the coaches, as I said. I want to welcome today on the show Anique Clemens, raise your hand. Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, Anique and Mickey Gustafson, raise your hand. And for Hello, those of you listening, you're going to hear their voices uh, in a minute. I want to welcome you and, and start with, and by the way, you are, Anique, you are in uh, Florida, right? That's correct. And Mickey, you are in Kentucky. Correct, yes. And on the screen, it looks like you are just sitting side by side. It's awesome. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so thank you for taking the time today. Anik, I want to start with you 
and just ask you to tell us a little bit about your role as Strategic Development Director for the Americas and the Caribbean. I want you to share quickly the history of this organization and how it started. Sure. Thank you, Valerie. Uh, so the International Coaching Federation became an organization that's a nonprofit organization in 1995. Um, and it's the, it's the world's largest organization for professional coaches. And it was founded in order to bring coaches together in a community, not only for networking and professional development, but also as the highest standard of credentials and accreditation in the world. Um, so we serve coaches that are executive coaches, they are uh, team coaches, life coaches, health coaches, um, not athletic coaches, although coaches do work with athletic coaches, but we're talking about coaches in the professional realm that are working in organizations or have their own businesses to work with folks that um, want to up-level their life in some way or work through some challenges they're going through. Um, and so as Strategic Development Director for ICF for the Americas and Caribbeans, I'm working with our members, our volunteer leaders, and our chapters and we have um, 140 chapters around the world. And in North America, Latin America, and Caribbean, we have 74 chapters that we work with. And so I'm helping lead uh, strategic development in this area. So working with our coaches to help them understand the value of the credential mm -hmm. and the value of continuing education as a coach and also working with other coaches to help them with their businesses and furthering their careers. That's, that's a beautiful explanation. Mickey, what part of all of this are you involved in? Yeah, so I am the regional development manager. Um, so my main job and function is to help our volunteer leaders and our members, um, similar to what Anik does, but I sort of the bridge between ICF Global and our chapters and our volunteers. So I help um, with strategic planning. I help with membership um, um, incentives. I answer any questions about how to become a credentialed coach. Um, so I, I'm sort of the bridge that can answer just about any question you may have about ICF Global. So this is so interesting to have you on the show. I was doing coaching but it was before there was an ICF, and it was called one-on-one -on -one work. So I was doing one-on-one -on -one work, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there was this industry called coaching, and then there was this organization called ICF. And I, I want you both to know this quick story. It's kind of fun. I, uh, I finally heard about a chapter here in the Southwest called a coaching chapter. I was actually asked to speak at it. That's how I found out about it. And I thought, hmm, well, that's interesting. I've been coaching for a long time, and now there's this chapter and this industry and so forth. And I was kind of forced, I have to admit, to become certified. Now, okay. 
It was not an easy process. Audience, what I want you to take from that is when you are thinking about hiring a coach, you be sure that they are ICF accredited because then you can trust. And that's the word I want to bring up, the trust. I, uh, Anik and Mickey, I had a lot of people say, okay, ask them this, ask them that. And one of the questions was, well, how do I know I can trust someone that I'm hiring as a coach? What would you say to that? It's a great question, Valerie, because anybody can call themselves a coach. So if you want to work in the coaching industry, you hang up your sign. I'm a coach. I'm a life coach. I'm an executive coach. But that is the question. Can you trust that they're going to deliver on what coaching is and what what the goals of the clients are. So with ICF, we have the highest standards in the world for coaching competencies. So there's um, eight core competencies of our ICF core competency model. So it's the skill set that our coaches um, are trained in, in order to um, execute those skills at that high level with their clients. So if somebody signs up to work with an ICF credentialed coach or um, ICF accredited coach, so if, if somebody takes a coach training program that's accredited by ICF, um, and if they have um, gone through all of the, the coach training and had the coaching hours and the mentor coaching and taken the coach knowledge assessment exam, they can earn a credential one of the three levels of credential of ICF. So if somebody is looking for a coach that they can trust and they know is coaching at that high level of coaching, they can trust an ICF coach. <laughs> Absolutely. So Mickey, one of the questions someone asked me to ask you is, how, if I'm hiring a coach, how can I measure the results? So in, in Coaching, in the ICF definition of coaching, um, the agenda is set by the client. So the main thing when you're measuring results is are you up-leveling your life? Did, did you obtain the answer that you want? Our coaches just asked you those powerful questions to get you to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. um, so they they don't give you advice. They they don't give you recommendations. They ask you those powerful questions and really listen to what you're thinking. So in order to know that you've actually achieved success in coaching, have you had that, I like to say that aha moment mm -hmm. that really stepped you up where you want to be as an individual? And, and I wanna make something clear on this as a coach. I'll never forget a senior executive who was considering hiring a team of coaches. And he said, now listen, I don't want these people to just come to our employees and do nothing but ask questions. So realism, how would you answer that, Mickey? So you have to be careful as a coach that you're not stepping into that realm of consulting and telling them what they need to do. So in that particular situation, I, I would let him know that 
while you're asking those powerful questions, you're not really guiding, you're guiding them, but you're not giving them advice on what they need to do. Mm -hmm. So for him, it may seem that you're just asking questions, but it's, it's the power of the questions that you're asking um, that allows them to take that next step. And so there are times as an executive coach that I will say that I will say to a client, do you mind if I take my coaching hat off for a minute and then offer something that's still getting them to do the awareness raised, but stop just question, question, question. That's realistic, right? Yes, that's absolutely <laughs> realistic. And, and you have to make that distinction that you're actually taking that coaching hat off. Right. Well, I had a conversation just before the recording where someone was talking about my client was saying, you know, I was very careful in selecting a coach because I wanted someone with enough, I'll use the word experience <laughs> of life to relate to me. So the other thing is when someone from the coaching perspective, another question was, said, was asked, um, for me to ask you, and that is, how do you as a coach know that you are making a difference? So I think, um, I like to call it the ripple effect. So when, when, and Mickey spoke to this about a client having an aha moment. So when a client has an aha moment that, you know, they've come to a realization or they, they realize something, um, about themselves that they didn't know before, or they get that thing where they know, oh, that's what I need to do to achieve my next level or get to my goal. Mm -hmm. And how that affects the people around them, their families, their communities, is the ripple effect. Yeah. So when you start to see that ripple effect of the people around your client, I think that's when you really know that you've become an effective coach. I love that answer. Thank you. One of the things that uh, I want the audience to know is what's important to coaches, certified coaches, is that we are looking and talking to a coachee as a person, as the who, not the what, not the how, but always about developing the person. Because if we can bring insights to who you are and are you bringing the best of who you are to your clients, to your employees, to your team, to your boss, but it's a lot about the who, what would you say to that? Yeah, I, I would definitely say it, it, it's about the who. Um, when you, as, as a coach, you're, you're really helping the, the coachee or the client peel back those layers of the onion to get to the essence of, of who they are. And, and so the, the coachee or the client might come to the coach with a, an issue or a challenge, but it may not be the real issue. It may not be yeah. what is exactly is needed to get to that end result. So the coach is really going to keep asking those questions and creating that space for their client to have 
those aha moments to get to those deeper levels. And it, it may end up being about um, a limiting belief. It may be a trust issue. It may be um, a vulnerability piece. So it's, it's, it's getting to those deeper levels um, to, to figure out what's behind all that. Well said. So Mickey, here's a question for you. You've been with ICF now how many years? I have been with ICF for eight years now. Okay. So (laughs) what do you wish that you'd known before you started? Great question. So when I started with ICF eight years ago, I knew absolutely nothing about coaching. Um, So I come in as a part of our credentialing and standards team. Um, So I think in the role that I'm in now, before I started with ICF, I wish I had the opportunity to have experienced coaching Mm. and actually know what coaching was. So it has been an eye-opener for me um, as an employee just to learn all the different core competencies and and the profession of coaching in general. We all wish we had known before we ended up being or doing something. Isn't that true? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Anique, have you ever had a jerk in your life uh, or in your coaching? And... But you, looking back, can thank them for that because of what you've learned? That's a really good point, Valerie. I, people say, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. And I, I think we do learn the most in our lives from those that um, we may not get along with so well. So what are what are the lessons that we could learn from, as you say, the jerk or um somebody that doesn't mesh with you (laughs) and eventually thank them for it and isn't that true in life too if we have that perspective i'm dealing with this right now personally someone in my life that i have a hard time with but you know what now as a coach i can say i didn't do this before but my mindset is different. It's like, all right, what am I learning in this? How am I doing with this? What can I do or be differently? So I just have to throw that out to the audience. A, a good coach is always learning from their own life too, believe me. <laughs> Definitely. And I think it's about taking responsibility for your um, place in that interaction. So if, if, if you're feeling that disagreeableness with somebody or something, it's like, okay, well, what's inside me that is causing that reaction or, or um, what, what part in it am I playing? So we're always learning along with it is, I think, my point. So I'd like to ask one of you to talk about the trends. We know now that coaching is finally something that people value and are actually honored to have a coach. Most of my clients are in companies or owners of companies. And it's different because it used to be when I was doing the one-on-one work, they would send someone to fix them or to help them figure things out. So it was more of a 
looked upon more as a disciplinary thing, and it isn't that at all. So what trends are you seeing in just the coaching industry? There's a lot of trends right now. I would say one of the things that is really important coming out of our organization is um, diversity and inclusion. So really looking at uh, if you're a coach, are you coaching um, a diverse set of people? Um, are, you, are you being inclusive as a coach? If you're a leader, are you displaying inclusive leadership? Are you um, being part of diverse community? So this is this is something really important uh, in our world. And to ICF right now, we we just hired our first diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice director to help us with our own diversity training and um, definitions and unconscious bias and and all of those important topics. So. I like what you said, and, and what comes to my mind because of it, Anique, is one of the things that's helped me that I've learned through the process of being certified, I'll use my own words, coming to the engagement or coming to the call with the client or Zoom, whatever it is, with a blank slate. That has just been so sticky to me, meaning and this is part one of the core competencies, be totally present. Well, in order to do that, speaking for myself, I just picture a blank slate in the back here. My brain is a blank slate. I literally intentionally forget about what happened just 10 minutes ago and totally present, and there's nothing on the whiteboard. Not even what we talked about last time. And I think that's an important distinction for the audience. You know when you've got an ICF certified coach, they are totally present. And let's talk about ethics. You can trust, the word trust again, that everything is confidential. Talk to us about the ethics. You're a gold standard organization, absolutely. And part of it is because of the ethics. What are you teaching us who are going to be certified as far as ethics? So um, our, our code of ethics is, is one of the things that stands ICF apart from other organizations. So our, um, our ICF code of ethics is uh, actually a group effort where we had a, um, a diverse group from around the world that got together and have just updated the code of ethics since January 2020. Um, and so it's it's made up of five main uh, components um, and it includes ethical principles, ethical standards, our core values, and actually has a pledge that each of the coaches um, takes for themselves to pledge that they're going to uphold the code of ethics in every coaching engagement that they have. And the word that I'll throw out there is total confidentiality. No one knows what the conversation has been about. When we talked in our pre-call, Mickey, you said um, you really enjoyed working in the role you have and on the team because of why? 
So uh, there, there are a couple reasons. I really enjoy working with our volunteer leaders and making those one-on-one -on -one connections. Um, so they're not only a volunteer leader, but you build you build that trust and that communication. And some of my closest friends have been past volunteer leaders. So yeah. you just learn um, as you go and you build that trust and connections. As far as my team, um, we, we have a dynamite team right now. Um, I call it our golden team. Um, both Anique and I started about the same time. So we have really grown in this role together. Um, we have that trust. We have that our team currently has this positive energy and we just build and work so well together. So it's not like you're going into a job daily. You're actually going into a meeting with your friends and your peers. Um, so that I really, really enjoy what I do with ICF. Well, and Anique, that's actually one of your point, teachable points of view. You said, do what you can do to keep a positive environment. So that is on, on you, right? We all have to do our part to keep the positive environment. It's not all about right. Anique making sure you have the positive environment. And Anique, you said, is a, another point, you said that courageous leaders, and you're the leader of the team, are vulnerable. What would you say about that? That's right, Valerie. I think being vulnerable allows you to establish that trust. So being able to open up to your team about some things um, about you allows them to open up to you and building that trust. So I really see vulnerability as courage. And mm -hmm. I think uh, Brene Brown talks a lot about this is, is really stepping into that role of, of vulner being vulnerable mm -hmm. um, is really being courageous. It, that's great. That's great to say it that way. Courageous leaders are vulnerable. They're not afraid to open up the kimono. That's right. I remember a leader one time saying, oh, no, you know, my thoughts I keep to myself. Now, this was a long time ago, but I doubt that he would have lasted long today. <laughs> and Mickey, when you were talking about the team, you were saying also knowing the team members knowing uh, how they think and knowing their perspectives and, and honoring their abilities. Um, if you had to give one word in front of your leader here that she is doing to ensure those things, maybe you can't say it in one word, but what would you say? How is she doing that? So um, as far as Anique and her leadership, um, I cannot go with one word. Um, so she she does empower us as a team to make some decisions. Um, she is also very courageous. If we have each of our team members has a special talent, um, and so she partners well and works toward our our special talents. But if for some reason there's a conflict or an issue arises, as a team leader, she uh, steps in and, and smooths that over and helps get to the root cause. And that goes back to her skills as a coach as well. Um, so it, it has really built that bond of our team members. We all know um, most of the time just by looking, yeah, something's, something's up. So you send a message to your team member, hey, are you okay? So it's not just like a work colleague. They also become your friends. So. 
So it's okay to be friends, huh? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) The word Kaizen uh, came to mind, Mickey, when you were saying also how important it is for every team member to always be seeking improvement. And, and, you know, that's hard in today's world because what I know from the leaders I'm coaching, they are so to the task. They are so to the do, 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 and the how, 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 how. And how many times when we start a coach conversation, they will say, well, I want to, I want to know tactics to do this. I want to know answers to do that. And, of course, I have to reframe, right? <laughs> the other thing that's interesting from a coaching perspective, if you want to tag on to any of this I'm saying, I'd love to hear it, is when someone comes with an ocean objective. So at the beginning of the call, we, it's really important for us as coaches to be very sure that the outcome, you as someone that's being coached, will get that is specific enough, talk about measurable, that you can leave that call, whether it's 30 minutes or an hour, saying, okay, I said this is what I wanted from the end of the call, and we got there. So my question to you is, how often have you seen that people who are being coached come with some open-ended, so ocean question, it's hard to land them on an island? How often does it, Nick, how often does that happen when you're coaching? I would say it happens all the time, and I think that's one of the um, one of the core competencies of, of the ICF um, skill set is the coaching agreement and really getting clear from. And it may take a while at the beginning of the call or the session with with the client is getting really clear on what um, what is the specifics of the goal for that that session. So, um, as Mickey said, you know, the, the client's coming up with what they want to, what they want to address in that specific session. And it can take a long time just to get to that specific thing to work through that, to have that outcome by the end of the session. And of course, well said. And of course, it's up to us then as the coaches, and you mentioned this as one of your lessons learned, Anique to really listen at the deepest level. I love the way you said it. You said, I listen with my whole body. Yes, yes. And it it really, when you're really listening, you you feel it. You you feel it in your body. You may be at the edge of your seat. You may be, uh, you know, taking in the cues, um, the verbal and uh, nonverbal cues from the client. And so it's, it's, it's using all of your senses and all and faculties to to listen. Oh. You know, before we leave, I'd like for one of you or both to tell the audience what it is that a certified executive, not uh, just a certified coach, when you mentioned we have core competencies, I want the audience to know the things that we are trained to be sure that we include. So can you list the core competencies? Yes. Um, so there's uh, ethical practice. That, that's, that's the first one is really um, the confidentiality piece and um, 
and getting that getting that pledge yeah uh for for the ethics um embodying a coaching mindset so um you know being being open to the um the idea of 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 being coached and um of course creating that relationship and the partnership Mm -hmm. with the client those agreements that you're setting up with the client of course trust is is huge trust and safety psychological safety is that's one of our biggest topics these days is is how to cultivate that environment of safety and trust um presence we talked about presence today is really being present for that conversation the aha moments to happen listening we talked about listening with the whole body and all the senses evoking awareness um so just that and i and valerie you you had um spoken to this is um you know that direct communication to allow that awareness to happen um whether it's the coach giving the the direct communication or whether it's just providing that space to for that awareness to happen and then facilitating the client growth so that's that's really the purpose of of coaching is that in some way or another the client's going to grow from the experience whether it's from learning about how that as you said the jerk um in their life or um or maybe it's uh you know the team how how do we grow as a team so the the growth is really the um the desired outcome for that engagement Mm -hmm. well i hope audience you have learned a lot about what this coaching is all about and i say that because most people still don't know There are so many times that a company will hire me as an external coach and the new coachee comes to this first get-to-know-you meeting and their first question is, well, what does coaching mean? Well, what's the process? So it's still something that we need, we as ICF, as our organization, and we as coaches, We need to make it so simple for people to understand. Anique, you said it well. It's just about ensuring that we're doing everything we can to help somebody grow and develop. And that's a 24-7 type person, not just at work, (laughs) because it overlaps, doesn't it? That's right. This has been really, really good. And I thank you both for taking the time in your respective states for being with us today. And this is the beginning of uh, our coaching week. And this is an evergreen program, so it doesn't matter. Every week is a coaching week. And uh, for those of you who want to ask more questions, maybe about becoming a coach, you can see at the banner below that we have Anique's information and also Mickey's. You can uh, contact them at the ICF Global site or them personally. They'll be happy to answer any questions. And of course, I have to say, and if you have any questions about me being your coach, I would love it. I would love the audience those people who hear me every week or so, to pick up the phone. If you trust 
that I'm somebody for four years who've been talking about trust and doing it right, <laughs> it would be a joy <clears throat> to be your coach. And with that, thank you both so much and stay tuned because uh, I always end with Anique and Mickey, something I call a Valerieism. So, sip of water. Okay, so here's my Valerieism for today. This is the age, I believe with all my heart, for authenticity and connection. And that takes emotional labor. Let me say that again. This is the age for authenticity, just be real, and connection, relationships. And that takes emotional labor. And I chose that, I came up with that for today, just because it takes energy to think that way. You know, 50 years ago, maybe, I don't know, whatever year you want to say, the old way of leading was telling, telling, telling. It was autocratic. And employees came to work and they did, did, did. No longer, no one today wants to be led that way. So those of you who are my audience, your leaders, your leaders, no matter what you're doing, your leaders in your home. And it's not about a title. It is not about a title. Just realize that if you're doing it right, it's going to take some energy. It's going to take some reflection. And I always want you to do it right. And that's my Valerieism for today. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.